start there. What is going on, guys? Welcome in to the Creed of Crypto live stream. I am Broke Boy Crypto. I have here beside me, as always, my friend and co-host, Crypto Ewok. And below us, to start off the brand new year, is the one, the only, A-squared. It is Axis Alive. We got a big show. Big show for you guys tonight. Um, We're going to go over a, a lot of stuff. Obviously, some charting with the Pulse Chain ecosystem. We're going to talk about the Bitcoin four-year cycle, what we may be looking at in this bull run. Um, I know Axis has been on record before talking about thinking that we could you know, get into 2026 and still have some bullish things going on. Um, so really excited to get his thoughts. We're going to have an active chat tonight, of course, considering that Axis is here. So hit us up with any uh, questions, comments, anything that you guys want to talk about tonight as well. But uh, Axis, how you been, man? Haven't talked to you one-on-one for a bit, but uh, new year, uh, new new stuff happening. We've got the happening, of course, coming this year with Bitcoin. But how are you feeling about crypto overall and where we are here uh, in 2024? Um, I'm loving it, man. This uh, Bitcoin price action off of uh, the new year here, it's it's would move up a couple grand here in the last couple of days. So that's an improvement, yeah. right? Coming up, we didn't know if it was going to, it was an appendant. We didn't know if it was going to break down or break up necessarily. But uh, so, I mean, Bitcoin's been leading the way. Bitcoin dominance uh, really stole the show last year. Um, and, and now if there's things starting to brew up in the altcoin market. We're seeing things like Solana pop off and other altcoins. Funny, funny story time. I was watching you guys the other night, and uh, um, Ewok brought up the wrong Solana chart. And he's just going like, "What the heck? What are they talking about? This guy's <laughs> yeah. Solana's pumping. What are you talking about?" Right. Oh, that was so funny. Um, I could. I, I yeah. I, I kicked myself after the show. I felt like such a <laughs> moron. It was an old Solana chart from FTX. Well, FTX is obviously no longer in business. So there was no data on it. And I was like, man, what the hell? I yeah, he's like, I'm not up. seeing the pump that you guys are talking about here. Uh, you know. <laughs> I, and I, I didn't catch that right away. I was like, I'm, I'm thinking about it. I'm like, does he just not have the chart scrolled over enough to the right? Or has zoomed in completely wrong chart. Yeah, uh, it's all good. So anyways, it's been an interesting um, 2023. I think like the bears stayed bearish way too long. And, um, mm. you know, the few of the really good you know, people to watch it work. We're calling for the start of the bull market January of 2023. And so to see that kind of play out now, we have to ask ourselves, like, um, in terms of Bitcoin, you know, when is that retest of 30,000? Is it before, like, is it before higher prices or is it coming soon? And then what happens after that? Uh, this is like your 2020 year for in terms of four year cycles. And so we all know how that happened. It was a big up move. Uh, into March, and then the crash from COVID, and then the rally out, and then the huge DeFi summer. And so this could be a pretty volatile, but overall good year for crypto. Yeah, yeah, definitely uh, expected to be more volatile than 2023. I mean, that was pretty much an accumulation year. And this is really what everybody's been looking forward to. And, you know, it's funny, because just looking at sentiment, and maybe we can get into that a little bit, but just seeing things as far as our primary ecosystem with Pulse Chain over the last couple of days, just weirdly um you know what it all it all depends on where you happen to be looking at twitter at any given moment you know uh you, we can say what sentiment is like um but it could just be that certain little silo of people every every now and then but yeah i definitely saw a lot of weird stuff over the last couple of days um and and it's mm. funny i brought this up to ewok before i don't know about you axis i'll just ask you this too like um it's almost like because we've all been talking so long about like well 2024 that's when the real bull market's going to start that literally like the calendar will turn 
and everybody's patience will just, you know, not that they are, that it already isn't running out, but that the patience just goes totally out the window. It's like, all right, here we are. Okay. It's 2024. Like, let's go up now. What do you think? I mean, because this quarter, and this is going to lead into the, the bigger overall question we're asking, but this quarter, I mean, how much bullishness do you think? We can just start with kind of BTC and ETH because that's where we were going to go here. But what do you think we're looking at for BTC and ETH, if you want to bring your stuff up here over the course of this quarter? And, you know, I think people have to continue to be patient because, like you said, we, we just saw, I mean, we got up over 46K. Jim Cramer is, hey, this thing's not going away. Bitcoin's not going away. I don't know when people are going to learn that, as if he was saying that at 16K. Um, so yeah, if that isn't a signal that we're probably due for a pullback, I don't know what is, but what do you make of where we're at right now? And, um, just over the course of this quarter, and then I'll let you go where you want to go with it over the rest of this year. And then this entire bull cycle for Bitcoin and the larger cryptocurrency market. Okay. So yeah, I, I was just doing this here live. I, I, I took this start of 2020, um, January here. And then I just put it right where we're at now, the start of twenty of twenty twenty four, four years later, and and wouldn't that be so picture perfect if it ran up to like fifty four, fifty five thousand, and then we saw that retest of thirty thousand level. Now, one of these guys that I follow on YouTube, you guys might have heard of this guy, Steve Courtney, from Crypto Crew University. He always mm-hmm. talks oh, yeah. about his in his technical analysis of how Bitcoin does these. Um, uh, it's like a it's like a you build the staircase basically so there's like a initial explosive wave out of the lows and then there's a secondary wave where but in order for that secondary wave to come into play you have to come back and retest the base so this would be like in 2015 they came back retested the base built up the stairs again came back retested that again and then it built up for that parabolic run um and I think like what you could see is like something like that again, where we did it here earlier in the year, we, we created that base and then we had phase one of the bull going into phase two now. And then we just need to come back and test that structure down there at 30 K. And I think the big question in everyone's mind is, is it going to be one of those situations with the ETF coming? Yeah, if it gets approved, is it a sell the news event? Yes or no. You know, do we go up higher first and then retest, or do we just go roll over quickly from like the 48K is my level that I'm looking at for Bitcoin. Um, mm. I think 48K is it's common. Um, we have it here on this breakout of this pennant. Going to like a daily here, you can see it was a pretty much picture perfect um, triangular structure here. Um, something like this. And then so bullish continuation, consolidation, and then another leg up would put you around that 4850K level. So that's your Q1, and then that might be it. Now, you might, Bitcoin might tap out after that for a little bit and need to do a cool-off period for the rest of the year. And why do I say that? Is because when I look into Bitcoin dominance here, um, let's see, I think I was looking at it on a weekly real recently, and I saw this like shooting star on this weekly time frame. And when I'm doing my, my analysis, like the, more, the longer the time horizon, so like the weeklies and monthlies have a lot more weight and these candlestick patterns than like say like an hourly also mm-hmm. context matters a ton so like the context here is that bitcoin dominance at a one two three four five times bottom pattern here and then ripped up uh 39 and that was like its big year where, where bitcoin really took the took the lead against a, an ever-growing altcoin market right that's gonna 
always be an underpinning in the future is like there's always going to be more altcoins that can do more matter gains with lesser liquidity right forever and so how can bitcoin expect to not continue to fall right in dominance going into the future and so that we're all looking for that in the altcoin market and we got it here in this uh shooting star candlestick pattern here on the on the 11th or the 4th i'm sorry the week of the 4th um, and then so the, ever since then it made a it closed low lower than this high here in the in october and i think it's just the beginning of the start of the move for all coins um and and to the the final the final comment here is when you look at um eth and btc on this like super long time frame it builds out this giga pattern it's a giga pennant pattern is what i call it um and uh it's it's it goes back so far and it but it holds a lot of weight and so this is what i'm seeing is like it's do or die time for eth you know this is um going back to 2016 believe it or not right right at the turn of the year there support 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 um got close here for four times support and now we're coming back into test after not being back down here for almost four years wow and so it's a, it's a, it's right on cue where BTC dominance is falling, it's having its last gasp for air. Price might run to 50k, and then um, some of that money might start to rotate into altcoins. That's kind of what I'm looking at. That's what we're hoping for, right? That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, like you were saying, that 48k area, as far as possibly a top here in this quarter. Um, what what are your expectations as far as? I mean, I don't I don't think any of us care too too deeply about a Bitcoin ETF, but I mean, you know, the market obviously has been, that's, that's all everybody talks about. So, I mean, are, are you also of the opinion that that will probably be, a, you just outlined the two scenarios there. Do, are, do you lean more toward the like pretty much quick sell-off in the days after it's announced? Because that, that's what, that's what just felt like the right thing to me. Um, you know, and, and do you think it does retest 30 K? Do you think it really does go down that far? Because I, I, I was thinking maybe 35, um, 30k it would just be interesting you know to go to go that far down but if that's where support is and that's where it is so what what do you think will happen there yeah i mean i've i i'm cool with it makes sense to me that the etf gets approved and then that's the excuse for the sell-off like that that mm -hmm. that makes sense to me um and i'm just looking at it structurally so like anywhere see this breakout candle here that never got came back and retested so 34.4 would be the height of that candle yeah. Oh, okay. That level might be it with like a. But remember, when I say retest thirty, it could literally be like an hour long wick down there, quick a punch through and then right. back up. And it's so in, in terms of long, looking backward, it wouldn't wouldn't have mattered really. Um, but yeah, no, I think like it, this is the range to look for here in the in the mid to low thirties, something like in here. As a retest of this level would be totally normal for Bitcoin. Wouldn't uh, also a denial be another good reason to, for a sell-off i mean i think you get the best of both worlds right if it's approved you get to sell the news if it's denied i think people are bearish um what are your thoughts mm -hmm. i think it has the same effect almost i kind of do too sure i mean so no matter how you cut it btc yeah. should come down soon to come mm -hmm. back and retest some of these levels so yeah right. i'm with you on that i think that sounds like it makes a lot of sense yeah. Um, and then kind of extending out, you know, over the rest of this year, I mean, the, so for this quarter, I mean, yeah, we, we've probably seen or are already near the highs that we're going to see. But let me ask you this first, actually. So with Bitcoin coming down into the 30s again, and you were just talking about ETH, like getting to do or die time, which a.k.a. could mean alts obviously rallying too. 
And we saw we had somebody ask this in the chat a couple of weeks ago, and I want to see if you can kind of confirm where Ewok and I were on it. But if we see Bitcoin pull back in the mid to low 30s like that, does that necessarily mean that we see the altcoin index like as a whole pull back a percentage like that? Because, you know, I it seems to me like there, there may be some strength in some of these after um, we've kind of had this leg up here. Um, so, yeah, what do you make of that just as far as alts yeah. in general? And then maybe like Pulse, obviously, specifically, yeah. too. I just, dude, so it's going to get really hard to know persist specifically. Like I would, I'd like to err on the side of caution that if BTC comes down hard enough, it will affect ETH and the alts. So that it'll, it'll immediately with the surge and down in price on Bitcoin, everything's going to get a smack first. But then what happens in these later stages of the bull run is that they get up faster. So like, yeah, you might get, it might, it might come into a situation where like everything gets hit immediately on a sell down, but then it just so happens that ETH will get up a little bit faster this time and it'll go a little bit harder and the altcoins will get up even faster and go even a little bit harder because it's more like um, confidence building as, and there's more money pours into the space. Um, and then specifically with like pulse chain and, and hex and, and these, and these tokens, like they're not, a league of their own right now in terms of performance they're not they're not doing anything relative to like what the other part of the market is doing at all um actually there's a we did a correlations matrix um crispy man from hexfire io was able to put together this really cool tool for us where we can actually go and look at all the assets and we can compare and if you guys have any suggestions of things to look at we could do that um let's take a look at pulse here because that's a favorite Let's see here. Mm -hmm. Where is it at? Here it is. So if I click this, um, Pulse is obviously mostly correlated here with, I don't know, can you see my screen or is it tiny? Probably it's pretty small. It, it's there you small, go. That's, but, yeah, that's, that's good. getting better. There you go. So Pulse and PulseX, obviously the thickest liquidity is between these two coins, so they're going to move almost 100% positively correlated together. It's a 0.98. And then you can go down the list here and see, you know, Inc, 0.9, so pretty correlated positively you know he honestly hedron icosa these ones we wanted to look at tonight they're mm -hmm. really tied they're doing what pulse and pulse x are doing which is telling me that the market's not trading them and they're just sitting idly by and going up and down with the without whatever the waves of the ocean are going to take them does that make sense yeah. to you guys yeah yeah i kind of see that across the across all the markets it's just not, not a whole lot going on you know there's some big sales and a bunch of little buys, but it's all kind of balancing itself out. It's not, there's no big moves really just kind of all moving together and whatever one goes, everything else kind of gets pulled along with it for the ride. So that's 100% true of like pulse, pulse X and ink. They're so tied together that they're yeah. just, they're doing the, what ink is not going to go do anything on its own yet. It might later right. on, but right now it's not going to do that. Yeah. Now, I, I I wanted to look into these because okay so here's the hexes they're kind of like pretty well tied in like you're saying they're doing whatever they take turns kind of over and underperforming pulse right that's what they are all doing effectively right. but when we look here at like where's BTC on here negative point one five wow so we're it's we're doing the opposite of Bitcoin we're if Bitcoin goes up we're going down on on average here slightly so it's I don't even know where's ETH on here. ETH is like it a slight, slight positive, but yeah. for for all intents and purposes, it's almost inconsequential. Um, and 
so we did some other stuff like we threw on like the u.s dollar here so when the dollars dollars negatively correlated to us which that makes sense right because right. when dollar goes up crypto comes down and vice versa dollar goes down crypto goes up risk goes on um see how pdi and atropa are completely negatively correlated with pulse do we remember back to in the summertime when we were down in the dumps here and pulse wouldn't move at all but pdi and atropa started to really move during this period yeah it right. seems as if the pdi and atropa ecosystem is like a counter trade to what the core rh stuff does based on this correlation data yeah, that's um, kind of what it was doing over the summer, too. I mean, like, that's exactly what was going on. Everybody was getting into the Atropa stuff, and it was like, you know, the narrative is like, well, Pulse isn't pumping because people are getting into that. And then the moment that PDI and all that stuff sold off big time, that's when we got that, like, epic 2x pump of Pulse Chain off the lows. Yep. Yeah. 100%. So, you know, in terms of, like, I don't know what's going on with the broader space, um, the RH stuff is is completely doing beating to its own drum and doing whatever it wants to do right now. Uh, I think it's just building up. I think this is a huge build up phase, especially here for Pulse Chain. It's um, we broke out of this pendant here. This was like I called it Feder's pendant. He was measuring it. You know, David Feder was measuring it from the top, but I was just taking it from the SEC breakdown level. So we are, you know, out of the weeds on that for the most yeah. part. And um, now price is just kind of like consolidating here. This here yellow line is the 100-day moving average. So I think so long as we oscillate around that and hold that as like general support, it should just continue to build up as we go into the future. Um, another thing here is I, I've been looking at Pulse on the Ethereum chain. There's a huge pair over there. It says that there's almost $2 million of ETH paired up against almost $2 million of Pulse. And we were seeing some like huge sells come in on that side. So somebody bridged a bunch of pulse over and was dumping it on the Ethereum side. Um, but that that's look at these wicks. If I delete out all these drawings, look at the size of these wicks over here. I mean, someone's wow. just nuking and then someone's coming in and supporting it over there. Buying it right back up. Yeah, right. Uh, so there's definitely a clear intention here to help support the price. Now, this this um, pulse chart looks a little different because we're, we're, it's basically a test of the lows. If you notice here, we got a wick low. A double bottom and a triple bottom here with wicks even lower, which might be a concern. Well, why is this testing the lows? Well, this is pulse measured against Ethereum. So, you know, in terms of Ethereum's overall relative strength, Ethereum's been rising and pulse has just kind of been grinding sideways. Yeah. But we're still getting that support in here. So I think it's coming into do or die time. I think we can expect a move up or down in the short term. We're playing with these moving averages. All the energy is getting squeezed into this like funnel, and it's all gonna it's gonna ping pong around, and then something's gonna happen. We hope yeah. it's that way. Right. <laughs> it definitely feels like something is imminent because yeah, I mean we had that you know aggressive pump off the lows like we talked about, and then you know Pulse just hasn't really been able to flip and turn that uh, what four zeros and a seven into support yet. So we've come back down below that. But um, you know I, I I'm sure a lot of us follow Jenkins on Twitter. Like he talks a lot about um, you know charting Pulse channel, do a stream every now and then. But um, do you see also like that? 44% off of SAC rate, the four zeros, five, six area as like a main level of support right now. Um, you know, oh, you were looking at that 100-day average. That was pretty much it, I believe. Yeah, right here. Down here, five, six. Where are we at here? 
yeah, right here where this was a double bottom. And then, um, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the 100 day moving average here, and then if you turn it into a 21 daily bull market support band, it's it, we're touching it now. So this this is kind of where I expect support to pick up 100%. Um, but there's always that what if, uh, you know, with a lot of these other things. That it's very hard to know, you know, exactly right now how this is going to play out. I think my intuition is telling me that this is going to just be one of these periods where we just kind of grind sideways until that move comes in. Yeah. And the big, yeah. what if too, is there's a lot of big bag holders out there, right? Still. I mean, and, and who knows if they get just frustrated and want to jump into something else. Um, I, I hope we've washed a lot of them out by now, but yeah, there's that. I mean, if we come and repeat, right. Yeah. That we might just repeat tests in this area and by February, we're we're moving, we're moving back up towards sack rate. Yep. Um, there are a lot of big bag holders in the system, and you know, you know what we were talking about in the green room comes to mind. Just people like that 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 are tired of waiting. Um, they're jumping ship. They're chasing other projects, uh, which would explain a lot of the. Um, it's just fatigue, right? Yeah. A fatigue yeah. of waiting for something to happen. Yep. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I mean, just more sideways action builds up to a bigger, bigger move. But as frustrated yeah. as people may get, I think it's still I think it's still healthy. It's still bullish for the overall market to get them out now, <laughs> you know, rather than wait for a three or four X and and then they sell and you're back to where you are. That's almost as frustrating as as just getting them out now where they don't have the power to do that later calmer ride back up to sack rate i think yeah. is kind of what you're saying because i mean that, that that would kind of be what that would create i think and yeah. and you were just saying access like talking about um getting to sack rate you know maybe next month or something like that um talking about the bitcoin happening coming up and then we'll we'll really go into like this cycle overall i know you had a great stream the other day with your buddy where you guys do like once or twice a year just macro stuff and i watched that whole thing it was awesome but uh um as far as paul's chain by the happening i mean to you there's a lot of scenarios that we could see here, but uh, um, Sami, I know, put out a video a couple of weeks back where he was talking about, and huge caveat here, but he was talking about if Pulse Chain were to perform as Hex did in the last cycle, which, you know, at this point, I don't know how many people think that is what's going to happen or not. But um, with with the happening coming up, he was talking about needing to have almost a 20x from here by the happening to keep pace with what Hex did. Um, so 20x just by the happening. Where do you think we could actually be by then? Um, you know, just looking at the kind of this first quarter and then going into the second quarter hmm. for Pulse. Yeah, so I I don't know if I want to dishearten, dishearten anybody, but I don't think a 10,000 X is in the card for Pulse um, because you have to divide all that value up against all of the different things that have now been built on Pulse. Mm -hmm. Um You'd need to see you'd there'd only you didn't wouldn't need to do technical analysis to know that that stuff was coming. You'd all you need to know is the adoption. So if you could just find the adoption chart, and as long as like then we're exponentially putting on new users over the next let's say three years, then yeah, you can hit those numbers. What we really what we need is users um, more than anything um, to really nail down like a ten thousand x type situation, but. Do I think we need to see a 20x by April or May? Um, 
I, I don't think we need to, and I don't think we will. I, I, right. I'm more of the mind that um, this might get up to a 200 to 300% move here on, on Pulse by that time frame, which would put us up near the all-time highs here. But it wouldn't need to be anything more. Right. This is gonna. This is the reason why I'm saying these things is because there's so much economic energy invested in pulse and pulse X sack phases, and thusly everything else that came with it that is waiting for a return. But in hex, there was none of that. It was just you deposited ETH into an AA lobby, and the price was already performing, you know, live every day in and day out. So if you were getting in on day. 100 or or 150 or 200 you're getting whatever the price was at that time and this is like just a totally different situation where there's people that got in and um in many cases there's folks that got in early into these sacrifice phases that are still up mm-hmm. so they're selling like hex value at 5 10 15 20 cents even today in pulse mm-hmm. term, you know their pulse is worth a higher priced hex so they're still and for just food for thought up here at the highs folks were selling like dollar to dollar 60 hex at, yeah. in, in pulse value right and and then you think you got to think too about like the ink rewards that and at 80 dollar ink and like during this period and how much money was made there as well there's a lot of money that gets made but not a lot of not enough of it comes back in that's the issue that we had during these p- phases but yeah. So once that all those guys are made whole and like they're out and like they're they're happy with where things are for themselves individually, um, and all of the lettuce has been rinsed, and yeah, we're looking at you know we got to start being more modest, and I think this really calls on folks to have more belief now than ever and to really come in and and, and buy bigger size and go longer at the lows because that's really where these 300% moves on pulse are going to actually be beneficial. And then once, once you get the, so for example, if you were, if you bought bags of hex at, um, five, 10 and 20 cents, let's say over the last couple of years, but you never came back in again to buy pulse down here or the hexes on their lows, then you're not going to obviously be happy with a five X or a 10 X. Right. Right. But if, but if we could get people in that frame of mind, then the multiples would come higher because they'd be holding on to their stuff because they'd have more tempered expectations of what's to come. So I think this is just a process, you know, and I think, you know, that's kind of the levels. First, we need to take out um, SAC rate, which is going to be, I think we'll go somewhere between 0001 and 0012, somewhere in here. Hmm. And then we'll probably chop sideways for a short period. Maybe we'll bleed some guys out and then it's going to do a secondary pop up to here. Yeah, towards all yeah. time high. I agree. I think once it hits that point, I, that that sack level is going to be important because you, you know there's going to be people exiting at that point. So, mm-hmm. but I also hopefully by then, like you said, there's enough adoption to help uh, absorb a lot of it so that it doesn't hurt too bad. And looks here at this point, it looks like most of the volume traded on on this particular pair was down here at these. So we're we're doing all right guys like we're we're not if you break this level there's there you're going to be concerned but right now this is consolidation below resistance which is a bullish thing yep so this mm-hmm. price here you know tapping into resistance um you know resistance resistance 
just hugging this line right now. It's like almost like playing possum is a good way to think of it. Mm. This was like a this was like a really um, well thought out um, price um, markup and price here uh, that the market makers did during this frame. Um, this was like I think nine days of straight up, but it wasn't. No one was trying to push price like here. This was just smart absorption of of weak hands every day consistently, and now you know a lot of that's out. And now it's just take time, let time do its thing now. But this consolidation here is like the market makers are smart right now. And uh, I, I think the chart's primed and ready for a move. But what what's the rush? I think, you know, the, the loud ones on Twitter are, are rushing it. And then the smart market makers are like, well, we tried the fast thing here on eHex. And it just got sold back down like yep. to the 004 level. And now that it's look at it, you get that nice controlled price rise here on, and it's doing in a bullish pennant and i i think that the ehex price looks ripe for like a big big move we might get another one of these even though it's taken a little longer on pulse ehex seems to be a driver in a lot of these situations and uh, I, I discovered a chart the other day i don't know if i showed it to anyone yet but you guys will be the first to see i put the pie cycle bottom chart on the hex chart here these uh two indicators you can see that we this signal came in here it's signaled here by the cross of these two moving averages and then another one came in here and um i don't know how much how deep i want to go into it but more of the story is bitcoin only puts in one pie cycle bottom per cycle but hex got two so you actually got a double bear market pie cycle bottom and this is because of the doubling of the supply and the fork right so <clears throat> this cycle this uh this came in at a price of uh 007 so like I, I think this is the, the level to watch. Anything under that level in terms of buying is generational wealth opportunities. Yep. And as soon as we pop up above there, you can go straight to two cents. Um, and then that's the start. Like the bull market's starting, guys. Like this is an inverse head and shoulders pattern. You know, left shoulder, head, right shoulder. Pop up above that. You can, I mean, we can go take out two cents pretty quickly on a measured move. You know, yeah, and you can see that with that green candle just right there. I mean, like the the thin liquidity kind of within that range, you know, just bouncing right up. Um, that 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 does lead me to this, and I think a lot of people have been saying this and asking this because it did already happen once whenever we two x up off the lows. But uh, do you think that eHex could look as if anyway? Look, could it lead the way in this ecosystem again? as we do start to pop off again. I mean, just with what you've illustrated there, I mean, with how low we are and how easy it could be to shoot up, um, do you think we could see EHEX pump before everything once again, like we already did before? It, it makes sense to me. Um, the one thing that I look to to kind of decide why would that be a good thing would be a, I use this um, Uniswap.info to like look at the pools and see how much money is sitting overhead of price to that needs to be bought up. And um, it looks like here on ETH, on the HEX ETH pair, there's 90 million HEX in this pool. And so re this reads from right to left. Um, so price HEX price going up is from right to left. So this is all HEX sitting out here um, waiting to be bought. But it's in this side of this range. I don't know. We can't calculate it off the top of my head here. But there's like 50 to 90 million hex and sitting in here, which in this price up here is, let's say 167,000 hex per ETH. 
currently at 467,000 hex per ETH. So what is that, like a 2 to 3x range here? Three, three times, yeah. So that yeah. would put you around that 2 cent range. This would give a market maker a chance to absorb a ton of the supply up here <laughs> and then push it to the edge of these bands, and then which, which would then have the market have to re readjust and put more liquidity out in front. So what happens was if we got this 3x in price on eHex, that would give the 2 billion eHex that's sitting on Pulse Chain triple the value. And that's important because when you look at the bridge, um, let's go Pulse, this is the website. Uh, when you look at the bridge, it, it gives people that's holding on to eHex over on that side more firepower to buy into this ecosystem. So this, uh, this $11 million sitting over there could potentially triple in value, which would increase this bridged in value by a ton. And then you could, that, that economic value can virtually be transferred into like Pulse, PulseX, and the others. And then because they're all binded by their liquidity, then you could start to see that all these prices start to rise off the back of Hex getting pumped up on the other side. Awesome. Looks like well, a good way to draw it up to me. Um, yeah. I mean, I, well, I, I, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, while you're talking about that, let's talk about your um, where where does the liquidity lie. You made a nice little pie chart uh, and posted it on Twitter. I was, I don't know, about a week ago probably, if you, have it, up. If you have it handy. Let's see here. It wasn't too long ago. Yeah, it was on the yeah. tw 28th, I think. Okay, we're getting there. Where does the pulse chain, where does the value come from on pulse chain? The, you know what yeah. sparked this was <clears throat> I saw Funding Jim talking about how he didn't really understand or he didn't really see the value in collateralizing your pulse to create stable coins. Um, you know, kind of like I think he worded it somehow, paraphrasing, putting the chairs on the tables to, or something like that um doesn't create more furniture or something like that and um and i had to like kind of rebuttal that a little bit because what the market needs to understand is that you know die is just ethereum and wrapped bitcoin being collateralized to create die mm -hmm. and so what makes that more or less real than the usdl we're creating here um we're padding we're able to pad the amount of value backing our network by um, over collateralizing it. And yeah, so let's just say for argument's sake that there's 20, 30, let's just say there's $40 million of stable coins bridged in just for argument. And, and if that's real dollar value that backs the network and that's all that backs it, then that seems like a pretty small network of liquidity, of dollar liquidity backing it. Um, if you think about it from that really narrowed perspective, but in my opinion, it's the wrong way to look at it. Um, what we're doing over here by with liquid loans and, and power city and these other protocols that allows us to virtually create dollar value here now off the 40 million that's bridged in. Now we're created an additional $27 million. You can see here, or it's 26 million USDL. It's kind of down here. It's really small, but that's how much dollar value we've created by collateralizing Pulse here on this chain. That's just as real to me as this die from Ethereum is. That's just sure. 
the argument here is that oh, because Ethereum is, is real crypto, or it's 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 hit like escape velocity or critical mass of accept of public acceptance, that to me isn't an excuse for why USDL doesn't apply as real stable value. And so, <clears throat> I just think if you're at the ground floor and you're creating this stuff, yes, there's more volatility and more fun here because it's you're at the ground floor. You're you're creating value here on the chain, and so now. This was a on the twenty eighth, and so this data might be a little old now, but USDL is about a quarter of all the value on the chain when you really lay it out like this. And yeah. I thought that was just amazing to get that visual. Yeah, it's pretty cool how we've just kind of you know. And <clears throat> the first thing that made me wonder too was, well, how do we get without bridging? How does this network gain more? Um, does it have to be bridged in, um, or will this be able to do it i mean because you only have so much pulse you can only collateralize so much you still need that outside force coming in mm-hmm. um, to assist with it but once you see a lot of the the smaller coins popping off um does that really i don't i don't really know how to ask that well i agree with you know you. what i'm saying i agree with you that there's only so much pulse to collateralize we got almost a trillion that's collateralized and there's only i think 11 trillion user supply right so let's for for argument's sake 10 percent of all the pulse that we could collateralize has been locked up can't be sold and is collateralized now, right which is bullish but you know what happens if you start to run out of that and you can't tap that anymore well where's the new dollar value going to come from it could come from something like ehex rising in value on the eth chain and that virtually lends value to any existing EHEX that's bridged into Pulse Chain. Okay. So if EHEX was to go up 10x and none of these other values changed, this is now $100 million of value that, can, that, can, that you could use to buy up the other assets. Right? So like if so what I'm saying is, let's look at the EHEX um, versus Pulse chart, for example. So all that happened here was the ratios of EHEX to Pulse changed so much, so dramatically, that you could swap for three times as much Pulse up, up well, it's saying here, 170%, so 2.7x as much Pulse you could get up here for an EHEX as you could down here, which if that money flowed into Pulse during this period, it pumped the Pulse price, right? Because it's, you're, 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 yes, you're, you're selling your EHEX into Pulse, but this is give, lending more value to this network if that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so if this thing does a 10x in price, then all that value can flow back into pulse chain and what you end up getting long term is this stair step pattern of ehex rising against pulse but this is going to drag pulse up with it. Right. Right. Okay. And I I would suspect a couple other projects come over you know, I think once the Ethereum fees get out of control, we're going to see a couple of them. Um, a couple of these communities come to play, which is also going to bring a lot of value as well. So, Wait, waiting for the first one, um, that gets kind of on the topic of like parity. Like I know, I think Crow was getting yeah. close, and uh, oh wow, I didn't know that. What was another one? Ewok Crow and. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see something like one of the meme coin communities come over to play the game. Wasn't Definitely. it Shiba that just had? Well, there was one guy playing back and forth with five hundred 
billion of them or something like that bridged out and then bridged back in and i I was looking at that. I couldn't figure out what the heck they were doing. Maybe just seeing if it worked. <laughs> I think um, they were testing whoever was doing that. So I think what ended up happening there was somebody bridged P-SHIB to Ethereum and then bridged the P-SHIB back into Pulse Chain is what right. I think happened there. Yeah. Hmm. And so what they're doing is they were testing the limit, the daily limit of of um, value that can cross the chain. I th- okay. Is it, is it 500 uh, bi- yeah i think it's 500 billion of units of a specific erc20 prc20 can cross the chain per day it's just an arbitrary limit that's set in place on the bridge right um so they might have just been testing that out now we saw that with ecom um mm-hmm. on pulse chain for just to kind of explain what happened with ecom mm-hmm. um because this was a similar situation we might see the ship guys or the pepe well the ship guys in particular come to mind because the amount of units of that coin Right. But this here move was a 7,900% move in a day. When you look at it on like the hourly, it just like blows your mind. Um, turn off log. Yeah, so it just went straight up. And the reason why this something like this was possible, like look at all that price action down there. It goes from doing this to then boom. <laughs> it was like an 80x. Right. Yeah. Well, wow. that was possible because there was a bridge limit. So people couldn't, everyone was asking, how do I bridge my communist from Ethereum over to Pulse Chain? So they could dump it, right? Right, because everyone's just looking for the exits right now, <laughs> and um, but so then over time, of course, at that pump stopped, you know, people were able every day that five hundred billion ecom would come across the bridge, that five hundred billion every single day, almost like, I bet you could find that inside of these candles, every day was at seven p.m., seven p.m. Yeah. went the rollover, yeah, seven p.m. at the hold on, let me see here, what is that, nineteen hundred hours? Yep. Yeah, I mean, you yep, could go through here, go. and every single day, it would be roughly around that same time. There's 1,700 hours, 17 or 1,900 hours. I mean, there every every time you can like it's like clockwork. <laughs> so you know these these guys, they're probably just testing to see you know, well, wouldn't it be an interesting strategy if somebody bridged across a bunch of Ether- native Ethereum shib and did it for like 60 days or 90 days and had this huge supply, and then they just started to dominate and control and corner that market. And start to create parity over here. Wouldn't that be just interesting? Like, there's so many plays that ETH guys are probably don't know about, don't care about, or aren't thinking about. Right. Well, I, see, that's the thing. I wonder what that catalyst will be. You know what I mean? Like, who will be the? Somebody's going to figure that out. I mean, somebody in some community, I think, is going to figure that out and, and do it at some point. I mean, I remember right after Pulse Chain launched. I don't remember all the details of it now being eight, seven months ago, but um, there was some stuff with Pepe early on. I remember like they're being pitched to, you know, a lot of the meme coins early on and Pepe coming over and stuff. But you got to think that somebody on the ETH side is going to realize what the opportunity is at some point with something and and bridge over. Um, I guess it's just like, when will that happen? You know, the further we get into the bull market and with what community or what token, you know? Yeah, man, I, dude, I, if even if I if I did know, I don't know if I'd want to say it, but I don't know what's what thing, what narrative's gonna spark, right? What what's gonna be the thing that flips the switch, right? Yeah. Um, if 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 so, if you're out there and you know it, you're not telling anybody about it, so yeah. Um, How about it? Yeah. But yeah, to this, there was a comment here in the, about DCC um, Compton um, did a super chat and said DCC sees pulse in the bull market close to one to three cents, um, which would have us up here. So this is basically a repeat of the Ethereum fractal. Um, 
And at the time that I made this chart out, the pulse price was on in this zone right here. So it was basically saying continuation from that level, which we did not get. So you'd have to like readjust this fractal out to like where we're at here and start it here. However, it's fun to look at and to consider what that might look like and look at how, if it does play out like Ethereum, we're going to spend some significant amount of time here in 2024 chopping between sack rate and the all-time high before breaking out. And then when that move comes, if, if it's virality or SEC conclusion or whatever that narrative is, end of 2024... I mean, that price rise can go all the way up to, this is saying 004 on that first impulse, if it, if it follows what Ethereum did, mm-hmm. um, which would be pretty impressive, I, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely would. I think we would all take that at, at this point. That's 40x off of the sack rate. So, um, yeah, definitely nice. Um, and, and, and I think it would make sense, like you were just saying about oscillating between sack rate and the all-time high. I mean, don't you think we would have time to put in at those numbers? You know, I mean, we, we haven't spent all that much time there, <clears throat> save for just after launch. I mean, it would really look good to consolidate in that range for a while. Yeah, so this is, yeah, exactly. Um, something like this where we get up into here and then we just chop around, mm. you know, and then build up and then go end of the year. This is just mm-hmm. out in August. This is August here, so... I mean, if you waited through the last two years um, on the hex stuff, what's eight more probably, months, right? <laughs> exactly. Hopefully, you don't have medical emergencies or something, <laughs> right? Yeah, um, yeah. And that's a that's another thing I think about a lot of times when I'm watching the community on Twitter. I'm like, when I see a big sell, it's like, yeah, it sucks, but you don't know what that person's going through. Like, maybe they've been waiting for three years for a bull market, and they're going to lose like a family member if they don't take this money out. It's like you don't know, so it's hard to. Yeah. Judge people so harshly on these kinds of things. It's investments, guys. It's it's not that serious. I mean, if you feel that emotionally about it, maybe you should take some off the table. I agree with that. Yeah, and it, it's almost it's kind of a meme at this point anyway of just like, oh, you know, shake out the weak hands. I mean, we you don't know specifically what's going on with with any single person unless you can track the wallets and see that they just perpetually dump or something maybe, but yeah, I, I'm with you. Um, oh man, you're gonna get me start going into a deep rabbit hole of chain chain analysis pretty soon. You better watch it. <laughs> I, I, I welcome it. Uh, we have all night. We can go as far as we want. Um, I tell you what, let's let's do that if you would like to. But before we do it, I just want to ask you real quick. Uh, well, first off, everybody, if you are enjoying the stream so far, great stuff from Axis here tonight. Do us a favor and smash the like. We do this show every single Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I want to just zoom out for a minute, and I want to take you off your flow, but I just want to zoom out for a minute. I know you kind of maybe echoed some of this on your stream the other day, talking about the macro markets and everything. But looking at BTC and ETH, the greater crypto market, and then we'll tie Pulse Chain into it too um, to kind of see where it could follow with BTC. But has your stance changed much? And actually, I'll let you fill in the blanks, not that I know exactly what your stance is, but on how this bull cycle is going to look. You know, you've been on record saying that you think that we could go into 2026 um, for new all-time highs, or at least the bull market continuing that long for BTC. How do you shape up the rest of this cycle right now for BTC, as well as how will Pulse Chain kind of move along with that, just if we go on a two, three-year scale here? Yeah, so I got to think, I got to give my nod to Sami here with this one, which was that, I think that we're seeing, I've been seeing it the same way. It was just nice to hear somebody else say it, which was that 
the BTC thing is like going to lose a lot of volatility. I think the most bullish thing that's left to happen for Bitcoin is the ETF. And um, I suppose maybe we could look at this chart, which is like the, uh, let's see here, pull this one up. Oh, yeah, you might have to pull that one up. Um, so this is the, uh, there go. this is when gold was, a, ETF was approved in 2003, and then it went on a 420% run in eight years. That would have us basically up by March of 25 at an $87,000 top and then a crash, which is basically where Sami's been saying was like, we go up to 80K, triple top. It's an effective triple top. Mm -hmm. um there's also uh my friend ryan who i streamed with on sunday who who has been calling for this he's he watches this guy named kush alameda on uh twitter who talks mm -hmm. about this flat top correction and that this is the middle of the biggest wave right and then it's just going to go blow off and into 25 and then then that'll end the cycle which could, you could be seeing like 120k 140k and those are those are likely as well i i think for me uh I think where my head is at right now is more like 80. I think triple top, honestly. I think a triple top, like a slightly marginally higher high, and then run it back down. And then really confuse the market between end of this year and mid next year. And then there's like a final wave that goes into late 25 or 26 that mm -hmm. just is like a double bubble top, um, which would have us basically coming up here to like the 80k range crashing back down and then spending some sideways period and then going up this here chart that i got in front of you only goes this goes out to 2028 but um yeah hard to i think this i think if this is going to play out like this 2024 has to have a, of some sort of a local top in the market maybe we hit 80k this year maybe we hit 50 we go back to 30 and then it's just like a normal cycle and then next year we go to 80 and it's over or maybe we go up before down and we go up to like 80 triple top and then we come back to 30 and then that would really imply that tr that um longer extended cycle with a double bubble top going into 26 um but it's all speculation i don't have a crystal ball on that i just will know more like i think the etf really throws like a wrench in the plans i don't know how that's going to play out but if it plays out like like gold did you're basically going to get one chance to sell the peak of the rally in within the next eight years and then it's sideways for a decade right that's what that's what we have to look forward to for for bitcoin is one final leg up and then sideways for a decade and then the whole entire market is going to turn over and you're going to see so many people capitulate out of cryptocurrency over the next decade that it's just it's going to freshen up the market and give it a second win to push for another 15-year uh, cycle like this, but it's after a decade of sideways. Mm. So it's like a really, I'm looking at it on a really long term. Yeah. But in terms of this cycle, there's going to be a chance to sell um, at higher prices on Bitcoin. And I think the amount of money that's going to flow in from institutional interest is going to give altcoins an amazing run. And you know what I'd love to see out of all this during that 10 years of sideways is the RH, Pulse Chain and Hex stuff get get global adoption and get accepted and to completely decouple and co to correlate itself de true DeFi away from the centralized institutionalized cryptocurrencies like bitcoin and ethereum and stuff and just to go off on its own and do its own thing and maybe it can just overperform the whole decade kind of like some of the tech stocks did while everything else was down 
in the 2000s. That's a really good point, and it's something that's been interesting to me because, you know, if we are starting to see, I mean, the only people really calling for, like, ridiculous prices on BTC this cycle, like $700,000 by Arthur Hayes or just some of this other kind of likely maniacal stuff that we're hearing out there. Um, you know, we are seeing less gains with BTC. It's going to continue to diminish over time. But the other thing is, too, like we only all know what we know. We only know the history of this market. We know like the past 15 years. We know the four year cycles, the way that they've been. And we look at that as gospel. But we've also seen this as the wild, wild west so far, you know, and, and that's slowly lessening, you know, over time. We're seeing like like you just said, with Pulse Chain, just the pack of DeFi there with Pulse Sax and Hex and everything. Um, and, and legitimate better products being built than in like 2017, obviously. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think you're right. I think there's a huge opportunity for like these real sectors within crypto to break out and be sustainable. You know, we're seeing something like Chainlink as being like the premier Oracle and it's going to put, you know, Polkadot to bed and, you know, other solutions that were kind of similar to it. <clears throat> so do you think we continue to see more of that, just more, there's always going to be degen in crypto, but I mean, more, you know, real products that are going to withstand the test of time. And I guess specifically with Pulse Chain, um, you know, now that we've looked at the BTC four year cycle and where you think it could go, um, just spitballing it. I mean, what where do you think we could see Pulse Chain go over this cycle anyway, um, as far as possibly topping out and and how that could kind of go after that. Because I see what you're saying, like it, it decorrelating being an actual real DeFi option in a land where, like you said, it's going to be more centralized stuff and more corporate money flowing in to kind of ruin the price, you know, volatility of Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, to us, it's ruined because all the opportunity gets zapped out. But to, to us, institutions, yeah. they're going to be happy because they're, they're going to get to play with something that has a more liquidity, which is what they're accustomed to, but can still do 100, 200% swings in like a five or 10 year period, right? So it's, it's fun for them. Uh, it's fun for, you know, but for us, I think we're looking for a little more meat on the bone. Um, yeah, I mean, this is like just ETH on top of, of uh, Pulse Chain here. I, I, like I said, I, I'm looking for like a 50x, maybe a 100x off Pulse Chain. Um, those are pretty, you know, easy numbers to think of with adoption rates rising if DeFi, if um people are willing to understand and adopt DeFi and use it uh I, it could start just with um social acceptance of pulse chain and hex as as tools that are right. valuable and here to stay um and what would what would cement that would be smart whales stepping in doesn't have to be a lot of them just a few of them with really deep pockets to mark up the price of this stuff um, initially, and then every all the other like original users, like uh, all the ETH guys and all the guys on the other chains, they would come over to play the game. Yeah. Um, so then, once that adoption curve starts to tick up, you know, then we could start to see some of these higher prices, like penny or three cent pulse chain. Um, this is now this is measured against um, ether, so it's I don't know what oh, oh, four O's and a three would be, but um, let's see. In dollar terms, you know, there's another thing going on during all this too, guys, which is like the end of the dollar dominance in the world. And there's like mm -hmm. this 40 year plan to reduce, um, reduce like dollar exposure from other nation states. And I mean, it's just an interesting time to be alive, really. Um, That's a word for it. 
yeah, I think uh, <laughs> over the last few years, it's definitely been it's definitely it's, been interesting. Um, yeah. But but I mean, obviously, we feel like we're in the right place. You know, like what what option if you are somebody who really wants to make it, you know, in the United States of America right now, over the next decade, over the next fifteen years, um, where else would you rather be? You know, in terms of your investments, where are you going to put it? There's nowhere else yeah. I would rather have it. I think we also need a bunch of education too, though. I mean, I, there's a lot of, like you said earlier, there's a lot of DGENs out there. Um, we need to be more responsible, teach people how to do the limit orders uh, so we're not wrecking our own prices. You know, with thin liquidity like we have right now, obviously that'll get better as, you know, as the charts get better, as time goes on, we build liquidity, it gets stronger. Um, but we still need to be responsible too and teach people how to, how to set limit orders uh, when it's not as easy as it is over on Ethereum side, you know, to do it on Pulse Chain. So, you know, we we have to take a little responsibility there too. Yeah, um, perfect segue, dude. For me, I <laughs> this is what I do is like I try to educate folks. Um, I would say like generally the stuff I'm doing for like my members and my website is teaching them like the whole platter, like t from liquidity providing to um, how to properly buy and sell, obviously, um, set and limit orders is obviously a piece of it, but really it's the three, the tripartite, right? Chain analysis, liquidity provision, and technical analysis and make, making that connection for everybody so that they can really understand the market from like a market maker's point of view so they can see what's going on in the market better. But with that comes with all the technical stuff, like how to, how to use a wallet, how to, how to have good security in a hardware wallet, how to, um, even just use different dApps, what's safe, what's not safe. There's just like, it's such a steep learning curve and so many folks have lost so much money that that keeps people out of it, I think, yep. with DeFi. Um, you know, even in the beginning of Pulse, one of the huge um, limiters in terms of adoption was like not having the bridged-in contracts available in public everywhere someone could see them easily. So people were confused like, oh, is this the real USDC or the fake one? Is this the real die from ethereum or the fake one like i i don't know all these contracts i have to copy and paste in the pulse section there's bad ui there's not like logos on everything so it's nice and clean and but but what's cool is like with pulse chain is all these new dApps are coming online and they all have their stuff more um ironed out and, and everything's are looking there it's people are building here and that that's really bullish is how much is being built so yeah the education piece is like literally the most important thing like i heard a hex shark texted me today and was like, I'm going to send this message out to um, some no coiners. And basically the, the, the gist of the message was um, this guy put in $175 into this cryptocurrency. He's looking to take out $400,000 in three years. You know, let me know if you want to be a millionaire, if you want a million dollar portfolio. And it's like, just that statement alone is so daunting. Like, like who's going to believe <laughs> a no coiner off the street, regular Joe kind of guy is going to believe that that's even possible. Like that there's so much context that's missing and that's such the wrong approach to get people in. That's just going to run people off. Yeah. Even if they're your right. friends, like family and friends are the hardest to get, get it. Cause most of us are half crazy. You know what True. I mean? Like, yeah. so it's tough. It's a tough sell, but <clears throat> I think funneling people to the right, um, that's why Richard was so good was because he was, it's easy for him to talk to a lot of types of personalities for them to understand it in an easy way. Yeah. 
you know and so bridging that gap is a huge piece of the puzzle um but technically foundationally fundamentally hex and pulse have everything they need to to do better than bitcoin did in terms of price performance we just need everything else worked out like the brash community needs to simmer down um we need more work onboarding folks and teaching them the right tools and education um if we can nail that stuff down like we already have a movie and there's a part right. two probably going to come if the price ever goes up so, <laughs> right <laughs> i mean yeah. we have like a lot of things in place and i'm, I'm that's what makes me bullish i if you're bearish right now, you're just impatient. Yeah, I agree. This 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 community has done more than any other, actually, probably more than most of them combined. Uh, the things that we have and the things that we've done and sponsored a NASCAR and you know, yeah, it wasn't that successful, but now it's in a game. You know, we have a documentary that's out and on several different platforms, about to be more probably and see it globally. It, it's just crazy. It, it, when you sit back and look at this overall, it's it's pretty incredible. What we've done in uh, you know four years isn't that long. So, very true. Cool. And I'm agree. I agree with you, Axis, about like the wanting the community to calm down. I mean, that's one of those things for now where it's like wish in one hand, shit in the other kind of thing. I don't really right. know uh, how easily that's going to happen. I think with time, though, um, as much as everybody is running out of patience, I do think with time that may happen. I mean, you know, these fly by night type of people that are, you know, just out for quick gains and everything that they, they will exit when the time is right. They are exiting when the time is right. And we're, we're seeing it right in front of our eyes. I mean, something I, I, I might, this is a good segue. I'll just mention this. And we did have a, a decent bit of other stuff to get to. I want to make sure we do. We want to talk Hedron and Icos a little bit with you. Um, but the, I feel we can say this with confidence now because the actual staker app did just tweet this out. Um, so we were talking about what was going on with okay. them and him prior, uh, you alluded to it in the green room, but I just posted in the chat. So the staker app actually tweeted, um, it's been an amazing adventure, but we're in the process of shutting down the staker company and the mobile app. In a few days, the app will be replaced by a user-friendly web interface so that users can end their stakes, hopefully when matured and then send their tokens to any other accounts. Uh, remember your funds were never in the app. You, we know that obviously it's just an app to track your stakes. Um, it's been a pleasure to serve 150,000 users over the past three years, and we're glad to see that Hex Paul's community has grown tremendously, blah, 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 blah. And then uh, just kind of a summary of, of what happened there. So what do you guys make of that? And then uh, I'll, I'll tiptoe around this one, but I mean, we've seen unsubstantiated, I believe, tweets about uh, somebody who may or may not be affiliated with that app that um, has been selling out of certain Hex positions uh and, and possibly like wiping their social media and things like that so I, I i don't know how much you want to get into that um but we do have that official from the state crap anyway so I'll, I'll i'll give you you first access um um i think it i think you know props to the team over there uh, they 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 pioneered a lot of the tools that we use even till today like um hex.vision for seeing the future market supply um, the original Hex Live website, which we all wonder why that ever got taken down. <laughs> um, the original Staker app was amazing. That helped onboard a ton of people into this. And it was easy for all of the folks that I had gotten interested in Hex for them to see their stakes mm -hmm. maturing and stuff Great. as they came along. And, you know, they somewhere along the road, the, um, the, the, the ball got dropped. And it's okay that that happens in business. And I think just the passion wasn't there anymore for, for one reason or another, who knows? 
But, um, you know, you got to give credit where credit is due for starting it. And it's it's perfectly on time because now we have the new tool in Hex Scout to, to, to pick up where mm-hmm. they left off. And that, that tool is amazing. And I'm sure it'll come with competition from others as well. So it's it's going to continue being a story of um, the better product will come to serve and win. I agree. What do you make of an Ewok? Because Axis is right. I mean, the original Staker app, I think we all agree that yeah. the, the new one you know, suffers from a lot of stuff. And maybe that was kind of indicative of what was to come here. But the original, I, I loved, I know you did too, but yeah, what do you make of this story overall? Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think it, it, it definitely set the tone for the beginning. There were so many people that were, <laughs> if if we could count how many times their Staker app was screenshotted throughout the, the bull market, I think you'd be surprised. Um, and remember when you start doing that next time, you may take a little off the, off the top, but... Uh, the only thing that really upsets me about it is I know there were a lot of people that didn't get paid for referral fees. Um, I know there was substantial amounts to some people that that, that they're probably not going to get now. Maybe. I don't know. I, that's a speculation. Um, but, yeah, I'm excited for what's to come. I, I think X Scout is, is, is definitely a cool tool. I'm sure GoPulse has done something very similar. And I wouldn't be surprised to see a couple others popping up as well. I agree. Yeah, good shout out on Hex Scout by both you guys. I definitely enjoy it. And Go Pulse has been legendary. It'd be cool if they did implement some kind of uh, actual staking tracking like that. But um, yeah, it, it's an interesting thing. I, I will say, I think this is one of those things, one way or another. I mean, maybe this was coming for a while, but it does seem like one of those things where if you zoom out on this time frame right now, um, it wasn't the worst time to buy. That, that's just kind of my, uh, not that we didn't already think that, but uh, it, it definitely feels that way with this news coming down. Mm-hmm. Um, so, all right, let, let's transition to this. Um, so you did mention at the top of the show, Hedron and Icosa, when we were looking at that correlation uh, to, I guess it was to Pulse, yeah, at the, at the top of the show, Axis. So, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, these have been, these have fallen asleep, you know, and everybody, I think, the consensus is people love Hedron and Icosa. Everybody loves Alex McWhorter. And obviously he's kind of gone away working on something really exciting. And I'd like to get actually your thoughts on what that exactly could look like. I know we don't, we aren't necessarily privy to that or I, so I don't think, but um, something to combine the Hedrons, the Icosas on both chains possibly, and uh, maybe something with staking them and or hex on both chains or one hex on the other chain, or vice versa. Um, what first off, what do you both of you guys one at a time know about, or what how could you fill in the blanks on what he may be doing with that? And then let's actually look at Hedron and Icosa charts, if you would, um, and just have a huge conversation about them because Icosa is really interesting because I think that that's the one that's actually been at parity, and I think. Uh, I, I, um, the Ethereum version has actually surpassed the Pulse version a couple of times. So um, first off, Axis, what do you make of what Alex has in the works and what, what do you think he could be doing with these? Hmm. Um, so it, it seems, well, so in terms of the price action, the, the market has definitely uh, forgotten about these two assets mostly, I would right. say. And, um, and so because like we were saying before, based on that correlations we brought up ar- earlier, the um the uh they because they're not being traded so heavily and the volumes are kind of low you can see like five thousand dollars six thousand dollars three thousand dollars and these are three day intervals so you over three days people are trading 
five, six thousand dollars the whole market of this coin. It makes sense why they're highly correlated with Pulse is because they're just floating up and down with it or with whatever Pulse is doing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so what that's done is that they're both of the prices on both chains are trending toward the same levels. I'm just going to use Hedron here as an example. Here's Hedron on um, in dollar terms on Ethereum, the red line here, and here's the price on on uh, Pulse. So they're the difference here is about it says nine point seven percent, but if you just put like a three thousand dollar buy through, this would pop this right up to near parity. So it's like in terms of liquidity, they're basic for all intents and purposes, they're practically the same price, right? Um, under no tra- under no trading volume. Um, and then in terms of like so the so the market's already forward looking and seeing like hey, this is fair value for this thing. And um, in terms of what Alex might be building, you know, there's, you know, you hear about rocket pool forks, you hear about um, mm-hmm. the, a lot of the stuff that he was, had listed out in that, like four stages of it growth for this thing. I think the fact that you can redeem Hedron on either chain for, for um, the HMI uh, staked hex instances, mm-hmm. um, is going to bring us going to it's 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 doing what what we're seeing in the price already which is it's they're going to have this effectively the same um dollar value at least right. um which i think is, is is cool to see that the market's pricing that in already um mm-hmm. and what it does is it's like the first it's the first time at least in the hex ecosystem that that they're instead of there being competing tokens on two chains like these they're, he's trying to bring them all under one umbrella to unify the system. And it, wouldn't it be poetic if Alex Synergy unifies the, Ecosi- <laughs> the hex system with Ecosahedron V2, right? Where it's like basically, no matter if you're trading Ehedron or Phedron, it's effectively the same asset with doubled supply. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be awesome. Yeah, I, I really want to see it. I mean, like, you know, that was, we, we all remember, we're fond of the day, the early days after Pulse Chain launched when the only argument was just uh, E-Hex and P-Hex parity and all that, um, how, how far we've come away from that. Um, but yeah, it would be very interesting um, to see Alex kind of spearhead that vibe throughout the whole ecosystem. Ewok, is there any other ideas you have about how he could be doing that um, or what his plans are with those? No. No, but I think if it's successful, I would love to see something similar with Hex. I'd like to bring right. that mm-hmm. together as well. So, but no, I don't have any other ideas. I have no idea what he, you know, when Alex is quiet, um, he, you know, I'm sure he's he's building. I know they wanted to get something, wasn't it? They wanted something released by the end of the year or very close to it. Was was that? A, do you know? Access? I don't remember. Yeah, I don't really remember. I remember that he was talking about Q1 and Q2. Yeah. Yeah, so it's... Yeah, he did want to have it. I think it's coming. I, I, I would expect to hear something by Q2. And he usually doesn't talk about it till it's almost ready. So Right, right. Maybe we can look at that time frame, which would be... Um, there's a couple of key dates in Hex. January 5th is typically a good time for Hex, price-wise. And in April's are always a, a significant time. It, basically, that window between march and may like that's where in hex has always made its biggest biggest moves ups or down so Mm. that's going to be a sweet time frame there that q2 is really where everybody's got their attention focused at i think short term we have the the hex conference coming up this weekend 
and yep. that's usually followed by some sort of price action. Last year it was a big pump, 700% pump that led through March. This year, who knows what it's going to be, but then after that's kind of settled, dust is settled, then we can look to Q2 as being pivotal for Hex as a whole, but then also with whatever Alex has got brewing up over there. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I think it'll be awesome, but just more, you know, since obviously your expertise is kind of more like the TA side of things. I mean, I, I do think that Hedron and Icosa are just great leverage kind of on Hex right now. You know, I mean, do you, what do you think the opportunity is there with mm. both of them at the moment? Like, are, are, are you don't have to answer whether my you're favorite, DCAing into them, but yeah, my but. favorite thing price wise here on, on Hedron is like, <clears throat> look at this move here back to all time high. That's, uh, right five that's like a 50x so if you right if you're waiting for like the 50 to 100x on um on pulse well you really know that it's po it's it's possible here because nobody's talking about this one this is off everybody's radar and it's putting in a double bottom right now or it's trying to mm -hmm. right so it's got the the single here's the double bottom you know hoping that maybe some good news comes out to give it a little spark of life but the, the dollar chart looks pretty beat up on hedron so yeah, kind of gave you the upside possibilities, 50x totally in the cards. You know, I think that this breakdown from here was kind of just characteristic of the the fork and the drop in hex on e hex price and stuff, which is that's deeply undervalued as well as we've shown a double pie cycle bottom. But when you measure this thing in in hex terms, it's actually not at all time lows. It's actually up. Wow. Um, quite a bit actually. It's up uh, 340% from the double bottom of last June, or it would be nope two junes ago, or 2022 22 yeah yeah so that's this to me is like this range bound price action inside of here is like maybe last call um before this mm -hmm. thing starts to heat up and you know that's a good point of that too is you know i don't even know that we can look at hedron and or icosa as cycle two coins because i mean these launched i mean hedron launched march of 2022 correct Correct. Um, I mean, Fe that, February twenty really... fourth that week, so it was the week going into March. Right. So basically, when the world was burning, I mean, when the whole uh, cryptocurrency, you know, everything was going to yes. shit. Um, yeah. So I, I, I think I saw a cut up. I think it was you. I assume it was since you just brought that up. But I saw a cut up clip from uh, Kaisa or Kaisa, whatever it is, um, on Twitter the other day um, with you talking about that. And yeah, I mean, I think there's crazy leverage opportunities with both of those right now. He drawn it Icosa. Um, yeah, so it, it's going to be interesting to see. Are, are you? Do you think right now we're just kind of seeing it not move much because people are just, you know, and I, admittedly, this is what I've really done. I, ha I haven't really DCA'd much of it yet. I, I'm warming up to the idea of it, though, and I've really just been rolling the stakes over. You know what I mean? I think that's what Same. most people are doing. Yeah. If you're claim. sitting on Watts's or Icosahedron stakes, you're just claiming, compounding, and rolling. Right. And yeah. you've been doing that the whole time. I did actually go back and buy some um, ehedron the other day, mm. and it was my first purchase of ehedron in a very, very, very long time. Yeah, and um, I, you know, now that we're talking about it, expect hedron to pump a little bit now. Um, it won't, <laughs> it won't go straight up, but it doesn't take, much. It, it doesn't take any economic energy to push this yeah. thing up. Um, and whether you're getting it on on pulse or on 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 Ethereum, you always just want to get the cheaper one because once that V two goes live, they are going to get closer and closer in price due to their utility so um i think, yeah, I net, think net, it's looking good something yeah. else that we were talking about too that nobody else was really doing i mean the, the cost of the hsis at auction um you can pick up 
so many t-shirts for cheap and i just think it was so undervalued and nobody was using it for the longest time and i don't dude. know dude you were Ewok. there was a guy in my group that was buying i'm pretty don't quote me on this exact number but something saying i'm pretty sure he bought hex through hsis at the equivalent of what was one tenth of a penny hex i know for sure that so that yeah. he was getting the cost for him to get the hedron from the market and to buy the hsis he was getting them at like 85 to 90 percent off market value right and wow. that would have been going on i want to say over the it was either in may june time frame when we had that crash on ehex down to a penny that's when you know hadron was completely off the map crashing in price and it was a huge opportunity let's see here if i can find this i got to see the chart again to yeah so let's look at it here i'm pretty sure yeah so he was getting them for like like you're saying 85 90 percent off yeah um during this time frame here would have been uh yeah june so so what is that if let's just let's just take a a, a candle close here minus 90 percent oh shit i get it get my scales even farther he was getting these things for yeah this is saying oh 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 eight so but but in reality i think it was closer to one to two tenths of a cent yeah. and isn't that ironic that the market came down and got close to that, to that price yeah so are, wow. so is there not more power in hedron and icosa than the market can really see right now to to, to to price forward how the market's actually feeling about the the ecosystem as a whole they remember they're all derivatives of hex t-shares so yeah, right. they, you would make sense that they would actually trade fundamentally somehow in line with the rest of the system. I think there's a lot of signs pointing to them right now. I think it's like that, you know, and it's one of those things where I, you totally understand people not buying them right now because, I mean, the, the assets everybody wants are Pulse, Pulse X, Hex, and they are so ridiculously depressed. Why would anybody be thinking about Hedron or Icosa? Um, but now that we're making this uptrend a little bit, I mean, as, as you know, small as it may be, a 2X off the lows, really, um, I think we're getting to the time where putting throwing throwing some tickets into that area might be a good thing to do you know so here's our correlations matrix yeah the hedrons and icosas on both chains they're pretty much one-to-one tracking each other and then next up is pulse x and pulse and then ink and so that's not even tracking hex as much as it is the other things so crazy yeah so they're really seems like they're really tracking that pulse pulse x which it's explained by what we've said before about the low market volume and um, that most of the interest is in Pulse and Pulse X. So if Pulse right. and Pulse X is going to pump, it's going to pump them along with it just due to their bonded liquidity. Right. Yeah. Uh, the last thing I really had here, I mean, we were going to get into like some BTC ETF stuff and some of the news around that, but um, frankly, no yeah, I don't yeah. care. <laughs> I, don't <think> any, <laughs> I don't think anybody else does. And this is all far more interesting. Um, we we haven't mentioned Pulse X like at all tonight, so we we haven't talked about Pulse X at all. And I think that um, kind of like the Hedron and Icosa thing we're talking about is a good is a sign that I think we have reached pretty much the lows at least on sentiment with Pulse X as far as 
uh, people thinking about it. We had you when you were on last time with us last year. We had a great conversation about, you know, is the Pulse X depression in price just as simple as way too many people sacked for it? And yes, really was the answer. It's just kind of a mathematical equation: how many people sacked for Pulse X and how much money was sacked for it compared to Pulse Chain. And that's kind of why we've seen it where it is. But at this point. We've seen sentiment around it just like die so much. You know, people wanted the single-sided staking and that didn't happen. And now they're not even thinking about the buy and burn. They're not paying attention to it anymore. It's just like yeah. some other empty decks is kind of the narrative. Um, what's the case for it being one of the best buys in the ecosystem right now? I mean, I, I think you could pretty much throw a dart and be okay, really. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I'd like to check out that chart if you could and just kind of give me your thoughts on Pulse X right now. So here's... Here it is. This is Pulse valued in Pulse X. But what do you notice? Since September, Pulse has been losing value to Pulse X for 111 days now. Wow. It's down uh, 11%. So your intuition is correct that this was just so steeply undervalued. And now it's, it's actually starting to take off. We'll, we'll flip the chart back over in a second to show you from the other angle. But this is, uh, there's a clear trend here. Where this this is this is like a supply line. This is supply being absorbed up by market makers or people buying it, DCing in, and it just can't. It, it just hasn't been able to rise back above that trend line now for over 111 days. And um, the most volume that was ever traded on this chart here was down here at this ratio of 2.4 to one. So then you could think of maybe this is like the magnet zone. So this is really wants to come back to here for sure. But if it gets above, if well, in this terms, if it gets below this level and gets rejected, it's going back to this level at some point, right? When, I don't know. But in the immediate term, let's flip this chart back over. We're bottoming. Pulse. This is Pulse X versus Pulse. We're bottoming. It's a double bottom. It's another same. I just showing you the same thing, but flip back over. The bullish cross came in on December 15th here on the MACD and then the uh, MACD line is starting to move away from the signal line. So it's the blue line moving away from the orange line, which means that, and these are deep green MACD bars coming in. So that means that it's real new volume pick coming in to pick up. And it looks like it's in a pennant to me, just off offhand here. And it's going to, it's going to maybe bust out the top and go and then try to take out, um, come back and test this level here, which was like the second most highly traded level based on volume. Um, that's 0.3 pulse per unit so it's three to one so i think this level is the level to watch three to one you could get back um in terms of pulse you could get back 20 percent more pulse by catching this trade here um or and the other way of looking at it is you're going to lose less pulse value by sitting on by writing this up with a portion of your bag hmm. well we lost we lost broke boy oh his internet went out again son of a <laughs> that's all right he'll be back i'm sure he's he's really just going off to to quick buy some pulse yeah i think guys. that's what he did he signed off and's gonna make a buy real quick yeah he'll be right back <laughs> what is the ratio right now you said you're looking at three to one or right now the ratio oil. is 3.6 3.6 to one pulse x per pulse and i think it was 3.69 not too long ago yeah. yeah right over here before this red candle print so yeah, three point six to one, and again, three to one makes sense to me. Uh, two to one would be like the the lower range here. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't necessarily say we're gonna go to two to one anytime soon. That would be like a forty three percent drop in pulse value 
um, or you, or you know, conversely, a huge gain, eighty percent right. gain um, over pulse. I think. Let's see if my math's right. Yeah, seventy-seven point eight percent. So hmm. that's kind of what I'm seeing in this. Is like this this trend holding for so long. You know, it already broke down once before. That that was when um, pulse got really bullish. Remember? Yeah. And we uh, had this move here. Um that 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 kind of that was a lot of money flowing into the ecosystem you can see by the volume bars here how how big they get versus all these other bars um by the way that makes me realize i'm i'm having like um add moment here this uh these volume bars you know they're trending down so like the price is like climbing and and grinding and consolidating as this volume comes That's down a little bit which it usually precedes a breakout. Usually yeah. the, the volume trends down leading into a big breakout move, which is what happened here. But, There's a term for that. What is that? Is that bullish divergence or something like that? Is that what that's um, called? No. If uh so the if, volume goes if, down and the if volume was going down and the price was going up, it would be bearish divergence. And bearish. if price was going down and the volume was going up, it would be bullish divergence. But this just chop sideways here that I'm seeing is this this fundamentally what all i'm saying is that if price can hold maintain go stabilize and go sideways as volumes trend down it's building up pressure like a pressure cooker gotcha and it's especially true of how a lot of these bars have been green volume bars and the red volume bars are a lot smaller than the than the green ones that came in to push it back up basically and a good example of this was actually here on the axis chart recently where we had like green volume bars just coming in for the last few weeks and this thing ran up 580 percent against the dollar and then today we had a massive sell candle down and this is the highest red volume bar we've seen since this green volume bar here yeah when we when mm -hmm. we when this red came in and then this bullish engulfing reversed the price so you know unless another big green bullish engulfing candle comes in to reverse price here this would be a, a level to look for a reversal on this chart um because of the volume the divergence in volume well i just bought some that's why uh yeah i, I figured that's what we seller. said you signed off so you can go make a quick, <laughs> quick yeah, buy right, let's go. Let's go. um but yeah, I, I mean, that's exactly what I've been looking at. Yeah. I mean, just sentiment wise and everything. Yeah. I think it, it looks great right now. Um, yeah. People are just taking a big shit on it. So what do we got Philly, here from Philly? Philly has a good question. It says, Axis, how do you see the buy and burn over the next five years? As that percentage grows, do you see the price growing big over time? And shout out to Compton um, for the super chat. We'll get to you next. Well, let's look at the, let's look at the data. Uh, so we're up over three percent of the tokens burned already yeah um, dude so the longer it stays down here doesn't it burn more pulse x per day pretty sure if especially yeah. if we get so if we kept low prices and we got a lot of volume so if everyone just didn't buy pulse x right right i mean it would burn even more um yeah. but uh so that yeah i mean it, the buy and burn is as effective as there are transactions on the network Right. right. So the way that it's going to work over the next five years is during the bull markets, when you get peak euphoria, the most should get burnt based on transaction volume. But if the price goes high enough, it might be kind of like neutral, right? Where you're just right. going to burn a shitload anyway, but it's not going to be 
as much as you burnt down here type of thing. But yeah, I could ex if this is any sign of things to come, 3%, let's say per, what are we, how old is the network now? Since uh, May, eight, June. Eight, eight May, months. May 12th. So let's say we do 3.5% per year. For we, by by the end of the bull market, we could have ten to fifteen percent of the supply burned away. Wow! And that's like what three four years from now you could be sitting at you know ten to fifteen percent, and that's just based on these numbers right that we're seeing here. Mm -hmm. And if the adoption goes in bananas and pulse X volumes go through the roof, why wouldn't this get an uptick in in, in burning? Um, then the the other thing I wanted to say was the burning on this is really reliant on V1 with the old parameter, the, the, on the, the broken parameter. So what we need to see here for even more burn is ink to go crazy to make people lock up more money into the farms and um, use that V1 protocol. Because the V2 PulseX does not buy and burn as much percentage points but the v1 burns like more than it's supposed to at least that's the way it was i don't know if it's been changed mm. so you'd want to see more liquidity shift to v1 um to, to keep up with this rate as well so more transactions and more incentives from the farms which that can change during a bull market the admins yeah. at policy are going to be freaking diving into all these things and creating farms for different reasons to incentivize more buy and burn. I'm sure that's just how they make it would make sense to bring on all the cool functionality and utility at the peak peak um, uh, amount of uh, transactions per day and stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense because people do forget. I mean, this far out, and maybe they weren't even around back then. But whenever Pulse did launch, we had all these different farms. People got upset when the E hex P hex farm got taken down and everything. We had a lot going on, um, and many have been pulled. And ink is so low that people don't really care. So, um, yeah, when when there's stuff going on, man, to see that casino, the doors just open back up again will be phenomenal for sure. Ink, ink has kind of been a, a fun one, hasn't it? It's been. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I saw you tweeted. You, you replied. You I think it was it. to Katie. I saw a reply from you the other day um, or to somebody about uh, ink right now. Uh, yeah. What are you thinking about? It's ink? Just about like. Let's see if I click on leagues. Yeah, I mean, right now you can be a a shark for eleven thousand bucks at this yeah. price, which go. is, I mean, yeah, not everyone's got eleven. If a lot of a lot of folks watching the show, maybe that are or out out there that are just getting in, you're not going to want to put your eleven grand into into ink. <laughs> but for no. but for whales or or like big players that already have big crypto bags, to snap up a shark position now. Um, you'd have to pay maybe think of it like this to get you to buy your time back in terms of inflation over the next year you'd want to buy like $20,000 you want to get like 30 or 40,000 ink um, because of the inflation rate being you know consistent yeah. so you're basically f being forward thinking and then that actually just gives you more to dump later anyway if we're being honest but um, the, then you could put that to work in the in the farms ink against Pulse X would be like a good pair I think is mm -hmm. because I don't know what it's paying out anymore. It's probably not as good as it once was, but as long as you can get that position now and then just let that churn for you on, on the two underperformers, just let the two underperformers churn more coins for you while, until the big move comes. Because I think Inc. and PulseX, they tend to piggyback off whatever Pulse is doing. Anyways, so you might as well just right. let them farm for you 
while you're waiting for this to do what it's going to do. Um, and it's the only one that doesn't have an OA. That's true. I did. I right. did say that it is the only one that does not have an OA. So that's is that is that indicative of why the price did what it did? That's what I'd look at it as. Is like right. You know what happens if the OA comes in and snatches up the whole supply? Right. And then what are you going to do? <laughs> Would certainly be interesting. They're going to be hard yeah. to get. Yeah. Especially, you, you know, as a year or two go by, it's going to be, they're harder and harder. Less of them are printed every year. Um, I don't think many people know about that inflation model, you know. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. So when, when um, let's see here, let me get my drawing out quick. We finish up on this. So if ink inflates at, an, at a consistent rate, this is year one. This is year two. This is year three. Well, in year one, you're going to get a hundred percent inflation rate. It's going to go from zero to a hundred, and then the next year, based on the total supply that's existing from year one, you're only going to inflate the supply by fifty percent. And then on year three, based on this total supply, you have thirty-three um, percent. Right. So then it goes down, 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 down as time goes on. So. At the, the prices are going to be the lowest when it's when there's the most supply on the market, which should be sometime in the first year, and then the so like you had the crash down, hyperinflation, and then the sideways, and then it starts to build up, and then it has a new cycle, and then it crashes again. But every time it's going to create price floors like this is what I how I perceive it going, and less and less of this supply is going to get printed into the future, right? Because these bottoms are going to get scooped up by. The believers or the or the rich guys that just are going to accumulate it all and create a price floor. Yeah, they're going to set the floor. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So nice. we, we always got to look back to Bitcoin. What what worked for that? There's a lot of um, truth in that chart. Um, mm. And so yeah. Sweet. Yeah, it's definitely another one right now. We're talking about a lot of uh, weird little opportunities uh, tonight that, that there may be out there as things start to heat up. Which Dude, I'm really digging. this one, you guys, communists. Teddy bear. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, we can we can take a look at Teddy. Well, that that one's <laughs> yeah, already I moving. I was messing with you. Yeah, well, the you secret. To, well, secret you guys, weapon. I'm not I'm not even He's kidding. On it. Teddy bear, like, don't fade this one. Oh, at a min- at a minimum, it's gonna break the all time high. We're going up here. 333% from here. At a at a maximum it could do like a 50,000% move. Who? Like 25,000% there at the 1.272. The reason why that's possible is because of B roots and his following. That's it. Like he's got enough right. sway that right. If if he decides that he wants this to happen, he can make this happen. Like one way or another. I it, at least I think for 300 Trump about it. I think Trump bought teddy bear. Oh, I'm pretty <laughs> sure he did. That's what I heard. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, right, but no, like uh, this 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 one, like so. <clears throat> let me delete this out. This is communists on on Pulse Chain, and this uh, cell that came in right here. So, dude, there there was a cell the other day on communists, right? So basically, the way you get calm is from you stake your hex, and when you stake your hex for like longer than a year, you can get some calm the day that you stake your hex. Mm-hmm. But right. 75% of that ha- that calm gets pushed out to the end until the stake matures. Right. So you really can only get 25%. It's kind of like you think of it like a coupon. Like you can stake $1,000 a hex and get 
$100 worth of comm, but you can only get $25 today. So you get like a little bit back. And the higher this price goes, the bigger the coupon rate gets. But in terms of right now, what's been going on in this price chart, let's just look at what happened so far on this chart. It went up a total of 33,500%. So that means you could have got 330x more hex if you bought $100 down here and sold it at the top. You could have bought 330x more hex if you sniped that. Wow. But I don't think many people was trading it during that time frame. Um, because this, I mean, the total volume traded all the way through here was like $26,000. So half this run was done with very little amount of money. So like the first 660% was done with 26 grand. And then the, and then the following 40 days, this $134,000 over for 4,400% from that level. So this is where like bigger whales started to step in to push this chart up. But the comms are interesting because there's a lot of units. There's like 96 quadrillion currently in the supply. Well, this thing came down 99% now on this wick, but got bought right back up. So now it's only down 91%. Okay, so what am I trying to say here with this comm opportunity? Most of, the, most of the inflation that's coming is pushed out a really long time. So a guy that stakes for 15 years gets 50 times more comm at the, at the maturity date than they get than a guy that stakes for one year gets. Mm-hmm. 50 times more. So it's it's really pushed out on the back end in terms of like new supply. So if this supply is getting bought up by whales now, there's a possibility for this thing to go a lot higher. And in the short term, what just happened was somebody came in and sold 1.94 quadrillion. That's a lot of trillions. It's yeah, a thousand it trillions. That's 2,000 right. trillions. It sold 1.94 quadrillion of these things and nuked the price down like 89%. And then it got bought right back up 800%. Now, most of the liquidity for this isn't on PulseX. It's on PHUX. I think there's like $50,000 of liquidity over there. So when you're trading this coin, make sure you're using Piteous to trade it. Mm, yeah. Because, or, or, or some other aggregator, Internet Money Wallet, or one of the other ones. Because otherwise, you're going to be sp- you know, you're gonna be slipping the price up a lot harder because there's only $700 of liquidity on PulseX. So if you're using PulseX to do it, not going to be good. Not going to be a good time. Okay, now this is the interesting part. Now that I got all that context out of the way, this guy sold 1.94 quadrillion, which the equivalent of what it would cost if you, in order to stake hex to get that amount of com, for if you staked, you'd have to stake 7.1 billion hex, 7.1 billion hex for one year to get 1.94 quadrillion com. So this was like a hyperinflationary moment that the market saw and they snapped snapped the price back up and they bought that two quadrillion back. Wow. So it, t- it would take, again, it would take 7.1 billion hex staked for one year to get this as the start bonus. And that's oh, just seven, as the start bonus. For the start the bonus, not the end bonus. Okay. It would be $70 million of hex you'd have to stake for one year to get the two quadrillion comp for $5,000 of value. So why? So you're telling me that there's someone sold seventy million dollar one year stakes worth of com starter bonus for five thousand dollars. That's how undervalued com is right now. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, that could have also been their bag, their entire bag from ending stakes this whole time, right? Correct. And I, but there's only ninety four quadrillion or 96 quadrillion and the guy dumped two quadrillion so he dumped over a percent 
yeah. or two percent of the supply on the spot. Gotcha. Right. So the, my point is that they, that's probably not going to happen again. Right. Like who would who would dump that much? Not dollar value, that much value in the system in terms of time to take to yeah. get it. Right. For five thousand bucks. Yeah. And you know, does it not see a future in it? I don't know. It's just somebody's getting whoever's doing things like this or selling down e hex at the lows here, stuff like that, you know, rumors going around. Whoever's doing this kinds of stuff, they want out. They're they're mm-hmm. done with hex. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Um yeah, good to see the bullishness on Teddy Bear uh, as well. Um, we got a lot of good stuff going on in this ecosystem. I think we're about to take off. Um, I think we we pretty much covered everything I wanted to get to. Ewok, was there anything you wanted to touch on um, before we get ready to wrap up here? I don't think so, man. It's you know one of these times where you are going to have to deep dive on the secret weapon with the coupon and all that good stuff. It takes a while to absorb it all and to go yeah. through the whole theory of it. I don't know if you've looked at it yet or not, but I, I think it's a, definitely a, a couple times watching and listening and learning, but it does make sense. I just I worry about supporting it once the the price gets up there, people mm-hmm. just constantly dumping it. But I, I think once it's there, it's probably easier to support. But mm-hmm. my yeah. thoughts on that is, so basically all com is, is, a market maker's wet dream because it's the it's the cheapest thing that's tied it's a hex derivative and most of the supply is pushed out on the back end so it's not coming out for a long long time yep and the amount of hex that it locks up in the short term to get that supply in the future is so much greater than that it's gonna it's gonna lift up the price of of hex and com with it because that's how much has to get staked to get a high-valued com in the future anyways to dump it so Mm-hmm. It becomes like a perpetual loop of value in that right now it doesn't it's not going to take a lot of economic energy and a lot, not a lot of adoption from hex uh, dolphins and sharks and whales. It only will take like five or ten guys, really, theoretically, to buy up all that supply. We know that 12 percent of the supply is in the hands of Johnny Sachs. He's docks that and it's yeah. in a time pays me vault. So you can for sure know that 12 percent's off the market. And like I said before, like. Uh, two quadrillion, which is like a little, uh, what is that percent wise? It's probably like two and a half percent of the whole liquid supply. Um, just got bought up off the market like that, snap of a finger. And so it's like, there's so much opportunity in this for noobs as a cashback or like a coupon that they yeah. can get. If they, they if they get into hex down the road and they stake it, it's just free money for them. And and where this is all going, like we can't see the amount of adoption that's going to come because we can't see how high hex price can go. But once how high hex price can go comes, then everything else is going to start to fall in line with a lot of this stuff. It's yeah. like only you can only I think seeing is believing for a lot of these systems. Sure. With whether it be Com, Hedron, and Icosa, and the auctions, um, and just Pulse Chain as a whole. I mean, we're just going to have to let let the market figure that out the hard way by getting left behind unfortunately and yeah that's the ultimate stamp of approval is like once the green candles print and they hold right yeah um there's no one left to dump like that then uh yeah we're off to the races and people are gonna have to learn quick right yeah or get yeah. left behind usually. and by higher right yeah. yep all right yeah, just, good stuff yep for sure well, well hey, i appreciate I just, you guys yeah. 
Hey, I appreciate yeah. you too, man. Yeah, thanks for um, touching base last week. And uh, it's always good, of course, to have you on. I know you got a busy week ahead of you here, um, which is probably good to start off the new year, just hopping on a bunch of streams and getting your message out there. Go ahead and, you know, tell everybody yeah, where they say, can find you. Yeah. Pl let's plug plug where you're going to be the next couple of days. You, oh, as well as your site and everything too. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. But, but uh, yeah, both of them. Yeah, so if you guys want to see what i got coming up in terms of um upcoming streams this is the first one well the first one off of my own channel this year with you guys Pre so thank you for having me on for that um there we go. if you uh if you guys want to see i got a bunch more streams planned um you want to pull this up yeah um go to the about page on accessalive.com and this uh, drop down here click events and i have all of that here listed you can also find me on telegram or on uh Twitter at Access Alive. I'm sure most of you guys know that, but I do do a lot of good um, TA and just like hot market takes on there. And, you know, no cost. You just come gauge where my mind is at. Um, I'm famous for calling the Bitcoin 2019 fractal and 2020 fractal on a hex. So um, that's going to be interesting. I'm actually going to be on with uh, Donovan from DIY Investing on the 11th. Oh, I think I saw that, dude. That's going to be awesome. On his channel, you mean, right? Yeah, on his channel. And uh, that'll be, uh, he's got like 56,000 subs. So Crispy Man and I will be able to like explain deeply the T-Share system and how it works to his audience, which That's should be a big so, deal. So great, dude. Um, and awesome. that'll be coming off the back of this Hex, um, uh, the online Hex conference where I got a few bookings there with Maddie as well. So, but this week here, tomorrow I got a stream with a, with an expert TA analysis. Um this guy is zero crypto. He's he's not like a maxi. He's not really even that heavily involved in in the RH stuff. He's just a goat. And he'll put his like tweets out, and they they feel it feels like they always hit. So I wanted him to come in with an outside perspective, uh, and give me like to his top ten things that he's seeing going on in the crypto space, and then also get, weigh in on what he's seeing in uh, RH stuff from the outside in. And then on uh, nice. the fourth, I'm on with RH Max. We're gonna talk about. More of like a, just a casual stream about how to make money in crypto. So I think that you, most of you guys will probably be covered on that. But if you're not, you know, I just want to learn maybe a little more about like liquid loans or some of these other protocols. Just come in and check that out too. Nice. That's awesome, man. Yeah, definitely looking forward to the DIY investing one too. That, that see, that's the kind of stuff that really matters. And you know, shout out. Uh, what's his real name? I always forget his Donovan. Name. Donovan. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I hadn't even heard of him until he was on with Maddie a week ago or whatever that was so yeah he he seems like he's got his head on straight and it's good to see somebody like him that's kind of outside of this community um digging hex and everything so sh yeah that's awesome for you guys to go on there and really break stuff down uh, that's what we really need to be happening right now 100 so, percent. Yeah. it's happening right at the perfect time too and it's funny yes. because he was seeing the signals coming in on ehex before mm before getting put on with Maddie and all that and he talked about it on a couple of videos and then he's starts tweeting about it and he starts seeing all this engagement that he's getting from the hacks community <laughs> and he's like what's what what what's going on over what's there what's going man? on who are these people <laughs> just like what just like what happened with blockchain boy like these oh, he's guys going to name him same thing yep yeah. yep and and this is what we need really this is we need these these um figureheads yep. one by one to fall into line and 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 ask the right questions and get interested because that's yes. going to spread this uh, ecosystem to a whole new group of people. You know, it's funny. I even remember starting this channel when we weren't, you know, we were kind of just crypto as a whole with, you know, mainly 
focusing on hex and then further and further and further and further especially with the launch of pulse chain it just became all about that and yeah you see it in the numbers i mean anybody that starts talking about it and engaging about it whether it be this platform youtube twitter whatever i mean you see that feedback and it's like well shit, i'll keep talking about it and then oh well i'm learning more and everything you know um so yeah it's cool to see other guys kind of going through that and experiencing that too so um all right. And guess well, what? Hey, they don't have to deal with yeah. any of the two years of down. They just get to get in at the bottom and. <laughs> yeah, they get to uh, victory lap it basically right at the end. So <laughs> right, good for them. Hey, I won't come on board, back. guys. We got rid of the dead weight. <laughs> yeah, carry yeah. us up, please. Yeah, bring us up. Let's go. Um, all right, man. Well, hey, this was so great. Um, you know, definitely look forward to hopefully having you on maybe later this year. We'll check out all of your streams for sure. And yeah, everybody, make sure you check out Matty Allen's. Does it kick off Ewok on the, well, you just said you were on on the 4th axis, didn't you? Or uh, the 6th with, oh, the 4th is with RH Max. Um, oh, my bad. I'm on okay. with, so I think the first day is the 6th. Yeah. yeah and I'm right. on at 8 p.m., but I think it starts at 6 p.m. Don't quote yeah. me on it. You can find that at um, on Matty's Matty. handle. Yeah. Yeah. And he's been streaming while we are too. So everybody bounce on over there and I'll check out what he's got going on tonight. Um, but yeah, that's going to be starting the Hex Conference this weekend. So I'm sure there's going to be a couple of nice special surprises as Maddie usually does have. Um, so yeah, that's going to wrap us up for this week. So we want to say thank you to Access Alive. If you guys are still here and enjoyed this stream, please do support Real DeFi, support Access Alive, hit the like button before you get out of here. We do this show every single Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So for my friend and co-host, Crypto Ewok, and my friend and guest, uh, Access Alive, thank you all. We'll catch you guys right here next week on the Creed of Crypto Podcast. Thank you, guys. guys.